Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and busy wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, you ready to get out of town? Uh, I guess. We're- <laughs> <laughs> I am, but I'm not. You're not. You got everything packed, right? You got your clothes packed for the everything? most part. Yeah, Michael stuff. I'm almost sitting on go. Well, we're ready. Uh, we're excited. We're going to see uh, Matt Pittman and his family hang out with him at the Meat Church this weekend, and uh, we're going to do a couple classes on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to take that uh, Memphis style barbecue over to Texas and yeah. show, show everybody, uh, you know, what we do. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm excited to see what Matt does. I think he gives really great, great classes. We've been talking with him, or you've been talking with him. And planning it with him, and, and I kind of like his philosophy. You know, he wants to over-deliver. He wants to... It's all about the experience. Yeah. I mean, you're going to learn something you know, but yeah. it's about the being. It's about the experience of being there, having some good food, hanging out a little bit, learning. I the, mean, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, the things he was saying about how he likes to do his classes are the things that, you know, yeah, we, we, we like to we do. strive to do. We yeah. try to do it, yeah. So I think it'll be good. Well, I think I'd like to learn because he gives classes all the time. Yeah, yeah he know does a lot of the striker classes too. Mm-hmm. That takes me into the video this week I want to talk about. <laughs> so my buddy Chad, he, um, I guess, is Chad kind of the – He's the head of marketing. The head of marketing or something Traeger. like that for Traeger, or at least the barbecue competition side yeah. of things. But I think he, he does all relations with, with people that kind of use Traeger grills. and. Yeah getting the word out. And he asked me if I wanted to do um, a video on one of the new pro series. And so, yeah, I said, I'll jump on it. And he said, he wanted me to do some high heat cooking to try it out. Cause I've never tried to cook um, like sear steak on a pellet grill. I mean, you know, I've got, I've got a Traeger Timberline. I've got the Memphis grill. I've got a Yoder, I've got a couple Yoders, but I've never uh, really tried to sear steaks. And I used to on my Yoder some when I would take the, um, it's got like on the deflector plate, you can pull that deflector plate out and cook right over the uh, fire pot. And so the Yoder, um, the Yoder kind of makes it where you can do that. Yeah. It's more direct grilling. It's not, yeah, it's the not, Yoder encourages it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They, you know, they, they were making uh, grill grates for Yoders years ago. Yeah. And so some of those, uh, Pellet grill manufacturers do not want you to take their deflection. Oh yeah, they out. don't know. They don't want you to because yeah. <laughs> they, they don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. But on the uh, the Traeger, you don't have to take it out. Um, I don't know if it's the control system or the way the heat runs in it, but once you run it up to the max temp, I mean, it 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 actually went about ten degrees over max. Yeah, it kept going. So I think the highest I saw was like four sixty two yeah. on it, something like that, which it was set at four fifty. But I did use Barbecue's Delight Hickory pellets, so it you know. It, those may have been producing some more yeah. BTUs or something. So I feel but, like you're getting ahead of yourself. You, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> slow me down. You got to slow me down, Shell. But so my premise was I wanted to see um, just how that Traeger would cook a steak. Yeah. Um, simple steak. Just say you were at home, you wanted to fire up a grill and cook it pretty fast. Yeah. If you bought a pellet grill and that's all you had, yeah, because you, cook you a steak. still cook a steak on. And that's that's what I did. Yeah. And I want and also. Uh, used to a propane grill to, to compare it. So yeah. you could kind of see the time, the, um, you know, the effort. I mean, all that was pretty much the same. It really was. There was no, there was no difference in startup. I mean, a propane grill is easy to start up. You cut the gas on, hit the igniters and it starts and you set it wherever you want it. Well, the Traeger grill, you turn it on, turn the dial to where you want it and start it. So the whole premise was that you were going to cook a steak side by side, one on the pellet, 
one, one on, on the gas, propane. That's it. And see how how they compared. Yeah, see how they compared. See if the pellet grill was as good or better. Yeah, that was the thing. Now I chose to do the porterhouse steak. Porterhouse steak's awesome to me. I knew Father's Day was coming up. Yeah, you know people are going to be looking for some ideas. So you know, I'm not saying to cook your dad a steak. But I think if you would like send him the link to that video, buy him a good porterhouse steak, maybe a six pack of beer, a bottle of his favorite bourbon, and just turn him loose and let him go, let him cook his own. But I thought that would be a good idea. You know, there's going to be a lot of people looking for stuff to do for Father's Day. Yeah. And so we'll talk about some of those things that I'd like to get for Father's Day later. And that's a good, simple steak recipe. It you know, was. that's how you, and you could use any seasonings, you could use any, you know, you could keep it completely simple. You know, whatever your dad what, likes or whatever you like. Pretty much what I did. So I took those two porterhouses. And so Where'd you get one, them? let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about the porterhouse. I bought those at Kroger and it was nothing fancy. They were just right out of the meat case. I picked out two that looked, uh, that looked about even is what I thought. Now with the porterhouse steak, in the T-bone are pretty daggum close. They both come off that short loin of the rib section of a cow. It's pretty you much know, the same it's bone. same cut, same bone. It just depends on where it's cut off that short line, how much of the fillet is actually attached to that bone. Okay. So the closer you get up to the shoulder, you know, the front yeah. side, the, what would be the front of it closer to the shoulder is not going to have as much fillet as it does as it gets back to where the actual loin is. At least I think I got my anatomy right there. Uh, they showed us all that at, at CAB, yeah. but, but I don't know. But I mean, it depends but on that's, how much, but that's, it's the same cut. It just depends on how much fillet you get. Yeah. How much fillet is on the other side of the bone. Yeah. They both have the strip on one side predominant. Um, and I like to, I like to cook them when they're about, you know, in 22 to 24 ounces. That's about an inch and a quarter inch and a half thick porterhouse. It usually has, you know, pretty good size fillet. If you cut that fillet off, I would guess it was close to six ounces. Yeah, it was a, the strip's yeah. probably like a, you know, 14, 15 ounce, 16 ounce strip right in that range. And then the bone, of course, that's going to weigh some too. That's what gets you up to that, you know, about 24 ounce or, but that's what you see when you go to steakhouses. They'll have all, just about every uh, steakhouse worth anything is going to have a porterhouse on it. Yeah. And that's the, the big daddy. That's what you <laughs> could call it. And, and so, I mean, and I kept, and I did keep it simple with my cooking on it. Um, I seasoned it with the, I called it first stage rub, which is just like something you'd put on uh, as a base layer. A lot of times I use my AP, but I use Big Papa's cash cow. And it's a real beefy, um, the reason why I say it's beefy, it's got to have some kind of beef concentrate yeah. or something in it to bring those beef notes. it's kind of powdery too. It's powdery. Um, I think, it, you know, it's probably onion powder, garlic powder. It's got all these savory notes. There's no sweetness to it at all. But um, and it has pepper in it. It's got a little bit of spice to it. Of course, it's got some salt. Um, but it's it's a real a real good uh, base layer it's if you're cooking like a, beef. It's like you said. It, it almost dry marinates. It, it does. It, that's that's really what it does. Would you it, say that that starts the cooking process? Yeah, I, any, I think anytime you're pulling moisture out and you're putting flavor in, the cooking started. Now, would it ever would yeah. it ever finish? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is starting the cooking process because to me, cooking is removing the moisture from meat. And that's, that's all it is. You're applying heat to remove the moisture to get those proteins done in it. You render the fat and get them done. That's all cooking is. So we're removing some of the moisture. So we're starting the cooking process. Well, this is a little off topic, but when you can kind of cook, um, shrimp and in lime juice or stuff like yeah, that. Ceviche style. Is that what that's doing? Is it pulling the moisture out? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I mean, I get, you know, I don't know if it's more preserving it. I don't know what the acids are doing to it. It's doing, it's, it's, I, I would it's, have to look at that yeah. research because I really don't know. 
But I but say I know that's so we're pulling the moisture out. Different. Say think of curing. Curing yeah. is preserving the meat. It's cooking it in a way. Yeah. So that's what kind of putting put whenever you're putting salt or or these uh, things the ingredients on meat like sugars that's out. pulling yeah. it out. You're preserving it in a way which in essence cooks it. I mean to an extent. Yeah. So. Uh, but so that's what it did. So I put that on there for 15 minutes. So what? Let me ask. You Actually, it's about 12 minutes. Can you cure? Could you cure a piece of meat without applying heat and have it for to be able to eat later? Yeah. Oh with yeah. No problem. So yeah. That's jerk. I mean, that's what. That's kind of what the. So those hams they do like um, in Italy that's been dry aged or salamis or anything like that. They've just put enough nitrates or nitrites or what you know yeah. all the curing agents they use in them to preserve those over a long time and you know some of them are smoked so you get the smoke flavor but yeah. some of them are just cured they're just hung and cured in a dry environment controlled okay. temperature environment so it, it that's, is a way of preserving it you know that's getting off topic but yeah it is let's get We're back not. to steaks let's get back to steaks <laughs> so i put that cash cow on it and uh, we don't sell cash cow. If you want that, I guess you got to go to a store or Big Papa's website. Yeah, Big Papa. That's where I get it from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it from BigPapaSmokers.com. But uh, I put that on there first, and I just let it sweat in. And then I fired up both grills. And in 12 minutes, the grills were ready. Both of them, I mean, actually, those were ready in probably seven minutes. Yeah. But I let I it sweat a little more. That Traeger Pro Series got up to temp a lot faster than I expected it to. Oh, it don't take any time. Yeah. It don't take because any time. Because the Yoder, it might take it. Or the older yoder, yeah. you know, it might take it twenty minutes th- to get up that high. It's probably just because the controls are. It's we got newer controls in these newer cookers. Yeah, yeah. the yoders I have are several years old. Yeah, so at least you know, that's old yeah. generation technology. Yeah, that's true. The new ones, the yoder just came out with a brand new controller. That's really? Like, yeah, that's they, they're retrofitting all their old stuff with new ones too. So they're just catching up with the times. Yeah. Um, before I before I put the steaks on the grill, I hit them with a little bit of steak rub. Just for some texture and some, you know, some pepperness, some saltiness, a little bit of herbage. Does and, uh, the cash cow have the salt element? It does. It does have salt, yeah. a pretty good bit of salt in it. Yeah. So you got to watch it. I mean, you don't want to put cash cow on and then lay AP on and yeah. lay a, yeah. another rub on top of it. You'll get, you'll get the salt way out of whack. It'll blow you it out. So, I mean, I, that's why I just went with the steak rub. I mean, I, th- I thought that was a good combination. It was. And <laughs> I did it. With, it tasted you know, really good. We talked about it last week. That's what I did on those uh, tri-tips. It was just cash cow steak rub the yeah. weekend before. So but um, so that's all I did. I threw them on the Traeger. Uh, got so the I like great that combo more than I think than I realized. You do, I yeah. Did. <laughs> that's, that's a great combo. I might have to use it in a steak contest. <laughs> But and uh, the cook was simple. I mean, I both of them cooked same time. Standard steak. Yeah, four minutes each side with the twist in between, and to get those grape marks. You did use grill grates on both. Yeah, to be. I mean, if I'm cooking steaks, I'm cooking grill. Unless I'm trying to put a cast iron sear on something, I'm using grill grates. Yeah, I just I like them. I like you know I've got a set from Weber for PK for. Um, Where'd you get the, the set odor? for the? Um, you know, I don't know where that set came from. Set. I don't know if uh, Brad had when we saw him at the stake uh, championship so you just last found year. Those in the garage or they something? were in the garage in a box. I was That's like, hey, it. these fit perfect. You couldn't ask. It was like I dialed them up. I think it's just a standard length. That rack is, man, I didn't measure it. If I had to guess, I don't know, fourteen inches wide, maybe. I'd have Probably. to go back. I should go yeah. back and measure that and put it out there because. 
whatever it was, it was just a standard set. I didn't buy them for the Traeger grill or anything. You I just, told me you've never had a pair of grill grates fit as good. As good as that on a grill. Because it, it is just a rectangle. That's yeah, probably That's all it is, yeah. yeah. And they, I mean, it was the perfect width, side to side, front to back. It was worked out perfect. Thanks, Brad, for leaving a pair of grill grates. Yeah. Brad Garrett for leaving a pair of your grill grates in our trailer. trailer. <laughs> while, we, while he was hiding out last year. But the, you notice the ones I had on the Weber was just my PK set. I, I noticed they didn't there. fit yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah but I, they fit well enough. But, you know, they were better seasoned, too. Yeah. Because those brand new ones didn't have any seasoning at all. And, you know, now thinking about it, that probably would have gave, if I, I would like to, I need to do that experiment and swip, switch those PK grates yeah, out on the yeah. Traeger, put those newer ones. I don't know if they'll fit on there. I can find something. My Weber ones may fit and see if it'll, uh, if I get a better grill mark with a better, that's a good experiment for, for grill grates. Because I do believe in you got to get them seasoned. True. So, definitely. Because you need that flavor on yeah. there, you know. And they, they get you better color. Heck yeah. I mean, that's going to make that grill mark stand out a little more. But, um, I cooked them. I took them off the grill. I think they were like 124, 125 in the loins. They carried over a little bit. That's probably about 123, 124. They yeah. carried over to about, I think the hottest one when I stuck it was 128, but we caught a pick of it at 126, I think. And then at that point. And you would expect them to be a lot more rare on the inside. I, th- I really think that bone, the bone, Radiated more heat. So much heat. Well, I let those rest for 10 minutes as I was making that butter sauce, a butter dipping sauce. So and tell me about this idea. That was my, this is a brand new idea, and I love it. That's my favorite thing of the whole recipe. You know, <laughs> we make we make compound butters for steaks all the time. Usually I'll put it in a pan, let it melt, and baste it over the top, or I'll just lay it up on a steak. I've yeah. done it in videos before. Laid it up on the steak and just let it melt during that last part of cooking. But, but I was thinking, I was like um, – Every time that you put, like, a lot of butter melt, it kind of makes the top of it, it not look as good. It, it washes away the Yeah, some marks. of your marks, some yeah. of your color. I mean, it tastes good, but you got butter all over the top of it. So I was like, what if I take my compound butter, put it on the bottom, and then set my steak on it and let it just melt? Because, you know, when a steak rests, some of its juices naturally want to come out anyway. And then the butter's melting, so you've really pretty much... Got a real steak butter at that time. Yeah. It's, it's part juice, <laughs> part butter. And then with the butter, I put garlic, a uh, little parsley, a little oregano, a little thyme, a little rosemary, a little shallot. I mean, you could put just garlic and butter would work. And I will but, say that roasted garlic works better than oh, yeah, fresh garlic. Better. Because the fresh garlic is a little strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the roasted garlic, and we get it just to save time if we don't have any at home. We'll buy it. Um, the deli bar. Uh, yeah, the deli bar at Kroger because they have yeah. pickles and olives. olives and, and they yeah. always have some little roasted garlic cloves. And it's, you can throw a couple cloves in one of those little things. It's Where else do we get? Less oh, than a buck. So if we go to Nukes, you know, you can take out sandwiches and they got the little, <laughs> you can put it up some in the garlic, cups. Yeah. I always get some of those and put them in the refrigerator too. But it, but it mushes up real well. It you mixes know? in with the butter really in, well. In the butter. And that's what the dipping sauce was. Before I cut the steaks, I just took the pan and drained it into a little ramekin. And you know what would be really good? You know how we do the uh, the shrimp cocktail butter? We've got the little stand. It's like a, you oh, put yeah. a little you, you put, put one of the little heat candles under it, and it's and it holds the little butter dish above it. You could put that steak butter in that and keep it warm while you're eating dinner. Oh, that's a good idea. I need to do that <laughs> next time. So I'm gonna do some fillets and do the steak butter with it like that. Well, to me, when you put the butter on top, um, it's good. You know, yeah, it's good, but. 
when you're cutting and eating it, not every bite that you're getting, especially in the middle, is going to have that flavor. Yeah. But if you have the dipping butter there, you can just run every bite right through <laughs> Right <that>. through it. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, one reason why I did that was setting it on there. I was I was thinking to myself that I'm going to play an SCA um, instead of basting my steak while it's on the grill. Mm-hmm. When it comes off and I give it its rest, I was going to season the bottom side pretty much. I want yeah. that butter on the bottom to where when I put it in the, the judging container – that it's got butter on it, but it's all underneath it to where it, the top still looks as perfect and as pretty as it can coming off the grill. I didn't have to brush it. I didn't have to flavors. drizzle it. doesn't yeah. look greasy, and you still get the flavors from all that butter underneath it. And I think I could get, a, I think I could flavor it a little better like that. One thing I will say, in the steak contest, we don't use the roasted garlic, the herbs, the stuff as much. Yeah, usually it's, you know, it's you know what I've used in steak contests that works really well? And I had never told anybody this, but I'll do brown butter. I'll brown, we'll, we'll get you to brown a couple of sticks of butter. And then idea. I'll mix a table, uh, like a teaspoon of that cash cow in with it to make it a beefy butter. And man, that's good. Brown butter is really easy to make. You just basically take butter and evaporate the Clarify water. Clarify yeah. and then take it a step further. <laughs> yeah, take it one. But you don't want to brown it too much. Yeah, it'll burn. Too so it's slow. not, I, you know, you say it's easy. It's easy to scorch it. It's real easy because yeah, if you, just you smell watch it, it, yeah. Swirl it. Once it starts smelling really nutty, and you start seeing some of those brown bits, you better be getting it off mm-hmm. because you, you take can it brown further. It even further, it you depends can. on how brown you want it. So it's all it. about the pan and the heat, huh? Yeah, and you're, you know, if you've never tried brown butter, y'all need to do it. I don't care. I'll make, make a cake, make some cookies with. It. I'll make um, brown butter rice krispie treats that are oh, they're phenomenal. Cool. You did a one of I my favorite things you've ever cookies. done with it is that. That whiskey sauce for the cheesecake that yes. time. Was it a praline cheesecake? No, or? it was a salted caramel cheesecake. Well, really, the key- cheesecake was just kind of a caramel cheesecake. Yeah. And then I made a salted caramel whiskey brown sauce. butter whiskey sauce. Yeah, so that, Jack Daniel. that was for the Jack Daniels World Championship. Mm-hmm. And you got a perfect 180 with that one. No, it was the other one I got. Oh, The really? parfait. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know. That cheesecake was awesome. Man. They like parfaits. They do like parfaits. parfaits so, um, I got some questions. Sure. So, was it... Okay, well, let's talk about the final deal. What did you think about the difference? I thought the Traeger steak tasted better. I did now, I knew... I, you know, propane grilled steak, the Weber did fine. Cooking a steak, it make, you can cook... You can make a picture perfect cooking a steak and on a propane a grill. Steak. It's a good steak. It tasted good. Uh, easy, it's super easy to cook on. But was it as good as the Traeger steak? No. And I think it's because of the wood burned in the fire pot in the Traeger. Now, would either had, one of them be good as a charcoal grilled steak? Heck that no. was one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- so there's no, to me, there's, can, the whole idea was, can you cook? Can you grill? Can you fire up a pellet grill? Does it get there fast enough? And does it get hot enough to cook a steak on it as compared to, say, uh, a propane grill? Yes, it absolutely does, and it cooks a better tasting steak yeah. than a propane grill. I don't see all any day difference. long. Yeah. Now, if you st- charcoal and wood, it's a hard. I mean, I've always said that you're not going to beat that flavor. I don't care. I'll put a charcoal and wood steak up. Now, Mark Williams will argue with me over that, and he's beat me a bunch of times at contests with it. But hands down, side by side, I'll take a charcoal steak over any other way. Any, if it's cooked over live fire and wood, you know, to really get that super grilled flavor, fat dripping down on the coals, you know, and, and, I mean, that's delicious. 
and it'll spoil you because we've gone to Ruth's Chris before, and I'm like, this is not that great. You don't think, yeah, yeah. Because they they're using salamanders. That's know? it. Yeah, they're high heat cooking. They're, they're the pretty com- much beefer in it. Yeah, but you go to the and beefer's good. And then it's it's a guy working a fire pit, sweating. Got the garlic <laughs> bread, the butter and the garlic bread right there on the grill. Yeah. He's got a grill. That's 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 a steak. That's a steak. That's yeah. a steak. That's how I want mine. Um, I'm with you. But really, if you had... I like them all, honestly. Me, I've had a good broiled in the oven steak. <laughs> <laughs> am I not going to eat it? You know I am. <laughs> fat me man. Too. Me too. I'm going to eat that steak. <laughs> I might say this isn't as good as a charcoal Yeah, steak, this isn't as good. <laughs> as I'm eating it. <laughs> but the, the fact that you can, that the, the Traeger does make a... It uh, fired up a very it. versatile grill. That was the whole key. Yeah. I mean, yes, you can cook low and slow on this thing. You can make awesome barbecue. You can fire it up. You can grill on it. You can bake on it. Heck, I guarantee you, if I had a pizza stone in there, I mean, you know, it cooks good pizzas. I've done it. Yeah. Michael, Michael fires up my timberline and cooks pizzas all the time on it. He loves so it. So it's a hot I mean, dog cooker. But just showing the versatility of it versus a propane grill in that same price point. I mean, heck, I would go Traeger all day. Yeah. There was if a- I was going to spend the money, would I get a pellet grill or a propane grill? I'd buy a pellet grill. Oh, yeah. I really would well, because I can do stuff. more with it. Yeah, yeah, I can do more with it. And I tell, I mean, there's nothing, not knocking propane grills. There's probably one, besides a Weber kettle, a propane grill, not necessarily a Weber brand, but just, every, you think about everybody, they've got a propane grill mm-hmm. out of the back. You go to, I don't care if you go to condos or wherever, there's always a propane grill, you know? Yeah. And so they're very very popular, but you're going to get more flavor when you actually burn some wood. Yeah, even if it is a pellet. Even if it is a pellet, yeah. So was it harder or easier to cook two steaks on two grills versus two steaks on one grill? Oh, that was nothing. That was easy. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, to me, you know how we do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll eat six of them up. I like, I like cooking, you know, the time we went, Mark so and So it didn't Jamie matter. It don't matter, yeah. I like running my steaks through assembly line of grills. <laughs> Tell that story. <laughs> so we had a, we had a, it was a catering a, job. A catering kinda. gig. Yeah. It was here local in Hernando. Uh, it was for a financial club or something. Yeah. They were doing a, a, their, one of their monthly dinners and they wanted a good steak dinner. I guess they went to a steakhouse. It was like there. Yeah. And, yeah. And they, they, so they wanted something special. So they contacted me, wanted if I'd come cook steaks. I said, yeah, will I? <laughs> so, so I showed up and Mark and Jamie went and helped me out and we brought, I did spinach gratin, yeah. a big Caesar salad. We had shrimp cocktail. Um, there was another side. Was it macaroni and cheese? I think so. I think I it was macaroni and cheese. cheese and maybe one other side. And we side. did potatoes or something. Oh, sort. mushrooms. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe instead of spinach gratin, I did oven roasted roast. oven yeah. roasted potatoes, yeah. mac and cheese, and um, salad. And uh, mushrooms. But that wasn't the point. The point was the steaks. Yes. We brought so we brought four Weber grills and we had grill grates on all of them. And the people were coming out there and they're like, What are y'all doing? You know, and there was like what a dozen of them. Oh, no, it's more than that. You ended up cooking like almost 20 steaks. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, we brought our cameras, we stacked them up and we took all order. We took orders for all the steaks. How do y'all want them? And they was like, Well, most everybody said you cook it the way you want it to be. And so that was, you know, me mid rare. Yeah. 
And we started, we seasoned all our steaks and we started them out on, we had all our grills fired up running the same temp, temp gun and all of them. The people are kind of, it's a show, you know, and so we're, <laughs> we start go. running these steaks through grills and it's two minutes on one grill, two minutes on, you know, twist and two minutes on the other, flip on one, finish on the other, it's coming off. And then we're running. So you're doing every it's flip. A simple, yeah, everyone on a different grill, man. We're working those <laughs> grills and we're sticking them in that camera and resting them with the butter and all that. And when we get off and those people are in there and we serve them. They're just blown away. They're like, why can't I cook? And they watched us how simple it was. <laughs> and then we were in, we, we came in, set up, got our grills fired up, cooked those steaks, break it down. All this happened with like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't I long. showed up with everything yeah. ready to go. And all you had to do was warm up in there. Yeah. Up. yeah, yeah. And they were, I mean, it was amazing yeah. because they were like, man, y'all came in, set up, cleaned up, was gone. <laughs> It was like, they didn't know what hit them. After was, we served them and everybody made their plate and I was kind of getting things, you know, together, it was dead silent in there. Nobody was Yeah, nobody was talking anything. nothing. They you was just like, hear like forks, <laughs> knives clinking. That's all it was. That's when you know, that's when you know you've done good if you've got a catering gig or you're cooking for somebody, if it's dead silent. And every now and then you'd hear, He's <sighs> <laughs> like, there's somebody <laughs> loosed in the belt or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's... That Jamie. was like a pop-up steak thing. It was a- <laughs> Jamie said all them boys are fixing to go out and buy four Weber. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there was a run on Weber in town at Walmart. They probably sold out that day. <laughs> they think that's hey, how you got to do that's it. That's how you got to do it. You got to have four of them to pick one like that. <laughs> that's what we should have done with steak team. Every time we cook steaks. Yeah, just run everybody. Everybody you season it. And we all run our grills the same way. You just got your pan with the way you season it. We run them through. Everybody's cooking together. Did you hold them in a camera? Like, yeah, just for, for like long? 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, just to get long. them all done. Yeah, yeah, to get them all done. You know, when you got them rolling like that, it don't take long. Yeah. And I actually think we cooked <laughs> two on each grill. Because a grill grade on a Weber yeah, is set yeah. up perfect for two steaks. Yeah. Without so, crowding or Yeah, without shoot. crowding. So yeah. we'd go two, two, two. And, man, we rolled through them. It didn't take any time to yeah. cook them. It took longer to get the four grills up to 10, which only took about 20 minutes yeah. than it did to cook them. And then we had to do something. I think I brought a... Did we? Did he have a fire pit? Yeah, I think he had a fire pit, and he said you could just dump the hot coals in that. Mm-hmm. So we shoveled the hot coals in his fire pit, broke ours That's down, loaded it up, yeah. and gone. That was a steak pop up. <laughs> it was fun too. So my question was: I had one of my questions was: I'd say that the Traeger beat out the Weber. I mean, they were very similar as far as flavor goes. They really yeah. were. But the Traeger had that more of a you could tell wood, you could taste the hickory yeah. in it. Yeah. You know, you could taste it. Um. But but it would would it beat out a kettle or a PK steak? No. No. You might could fool me on it. Like you put me down at a table and say, Hey, pick out pick out which one of these was cooked on Traeger. If you had you know, if you had a table full of steaks, I would say you could probably fool me. But side by side, I think I could pick out the Weber. You know. Oh, definitely. I would I would think so. Definitely. If it was mixed in with some other steaks that were cooked on, you know, different kinds of fire grills. It's I mean the the flavor's there. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good steak. I wouldn't mad at either one of them. I think I, I say that in the video. It sounds like something I'd say. But, yeah, I might. <laughs> but I would. I mean, because either one of them, if I would have ordered that, if I'd have been in a restaurant, ordered a porterhouse, and I would have got, and that's what they'd have brought me, I'd have been happy. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, either one. Yeah, and you know, one thing someone else made a comment on this um, when we posted a picture was that you got really good service contact because when you have a bone in a steak, it almost prevents that good service Oh, yeah, but you know, if you grades. notice, I didn't weight it. I don't like weighting them because I think it pushes out too much moisture. But I took my hand and kind of pressed on the strip 
and then over on the fillet, like right beside the bones. To make sure. That way I made sure I got contact because, I mean, you know, sometimes you just throw it on and roll. I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta press it down a little bit. You don't want to just mash it into the grate. Yeah. So you made sure you took the time yeah. to press down around the bone. Yeah. To, to, make, to sure. make sure I was getting surface contact. That's a good tip. Because I mean, part of that's appearance. I mean, do you have to have those grill marks? No, no. but it sure looks good. I mean, it, to me, I mean, it's, you know, you eat with your eyes first. Those two steaks look beautiful. And you eat with all the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and that tongue to swallow. <laughs> but you did try this without uh, the grill grates. First I did. Time. Uh, well, I didn't want to just start out. You, you were know, just going to see. Blind. And so and I could. We just had some steaks and you cooked us dinner. Yeah, just to try just it out. Try it out. Yeah. They were good. You didn't get near the marks. Yeah. I mean, it would cook one like that. And I mean, but they you're were not, as good as yeah, far as flavor, flavor goes, was. Yeah. And taste, you know. Was, was the cook about the same without the grill exactly. grates? Exactly. Yeah. It was exactly. We just didn't have the grill marks. You just don't get the grill marks. I mean, the, the grill grates, see what they do, they're, they're made out of like cast aluminum. So they're lightweight, but they rate, they conduct heat so well that the whole surface gets about the same temperature. Excuse me, I had a lapse. You had to stop that. You took a drink and I was swallowing. <laughs> so the you got to cut that. I'm no, sorry. I'm not cutting it. <laughs> you got to. No. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So the I'll cut it. The grill grates. <laughs> the grill grates. Killing me. Killing me. The grill grates. The grill grates conduct the heat so good all across the whole thing. That's what they're designed to do. And that's why they give you such good grill marks because they're, you know, they're radiating heat. Whatever you got that grill set on, those grill grates can get even hotter because they just, I mean, for some reason, they just pick up all that heat that's rolling up around that diverter and they, and they get hot and they transfer it all the way out. Oh, yeah, evenly. Yeah. yeah. So you don't, it prevents hot spots. That's right. And Mark is even on the, on the griller grill that he's been cooking steaks on. He gets that thing up to like 600 degrees or over. On the grate. Yeah. On the grate temp and his, and his wow. dial temp still like 450. Did you happen I'm to not sure check how, your grate temp? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't scan it. I don't, I mean, I, I don't think it was 600 on the, yeah. Cause you can kind of tell when those, when grill grates get up over six, they'll start losing that shiny look to them. They'll start getting that more hot metal look to them mm-hmm. and they'll get to a point where they start turning chalky. That's when you got them way too hot. <laughs> you get them up to like closer to 675, 700. They're going to be, it yeah, it's time to shut, bit. it's time to back off there, son. You're going to hurt something. No, you can warp them. That's what happens. So, um, talked about the steak butter. Uh, so that's covered. That was the, pretty much, yeah, that was pretty that much was, a video. It was good. That was a, I like, I like anytime I can do an experiment and then kind of a recipe yeah, too. It was, a, was, I thought it was some good information in there. Yeah. Not only was it a recipe. Father's Day. Yeah. Cookie of steak. Cook your dad a steak. Yeah. Treat yourself. How many different steak recipes do you have? People always ask, like, I don't know. Well, you cook this steak this way. You use this seasoning for this steak. I just like playing with different. Man, I like yeah. them all. I like a marinated steak, too. I like a steak with a sauce. That's I like a steak with lobster. I like a steak with crab. <laughs> I like it you with like the holidays. I like it with the Bernays. Steak Diane. Man, how many ways is it each steak? It's like Bubba Grump eating shrimp. He's got all them ways. I could do all them ways for steak. And they're all good, you know? Most of them. Have you ever had a bad one? Uh, yeah. What's the worst I, steak? The worst steak you ever steaks. had. That's that, to I, you, that's, mm, that's horrible. Overcooked, cheap quality. Um, 
Man, off the top of my head, it was the worst steak I ever had. I can't tell you where it was, but I've had like a cheap quality. Oh, I know. Where? Western <laughs> Sizzler? It was in, <laughs> in Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Crab Man? Yeah. Oh, man. His steaks are good. Not the one I had that Not day. The, you had a bad one? Maybe you had old heel piece or something. Yeah, I did. I had old heel piece, and it was. <laughs> I can't think of the worst one I ever had. I mean, unless it's overdone. That's what ruins it for me. It's probably steak. Applebee's or somewhere like that, yeah. you know? I mean, I've had a few bad ones. I've had a good steak at Applebee's, too, back in the day. Not in the past decade. <laughs> when have you been to Applebee's in the past decade? <laughs> Not since Michael was born, I don't think. I'll tell you, we took it once. Yeah. And it sucked. Um, it used to be the hangout, man. Applebee's in South Haven? Or I guess that was, it was before my late. time. Yeah. When I came along, Charlie's was the hangout. It was more of a bar and grill. Now I think they took that, what is it, neighborhood restaurant now or yeah. something? Uh, <laughs> so, they run that franchise. Um, this past weekend, we did a small catering event. Um, I'd say, yeah, we fed. 50 people? Was it more than uh, that? I'd say 30, 35, okay. yeah. Um, thir- 35 people, uh, a barbecue dinner. How'd it go over? I wasn't there. I cooked, but then I had Friday to, night. you had to hit the road and I had to go to the ball fields yeah. with Michael. We set it up Friday night. Um, we cooked the chickens Friday evening. Um, we cooked what? Four whole chickens? Four whole chickens. Yeah. yeah. How, how, we, how did you season those? Um, that was, I remember it was AP. Took them out. We wiped them down really good with paper towel. We hit them with some AP and then we hit them with some swine life and then we sprayed them. Yeah. I think we sprayed them. Did we AP, spray them four seasons? Yeah, I think line. we did. I, I thought we used a third rub. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think so. We went pretty heavy on the rubs. Yeah. We, uh, want, we just wanted to get some flavor on the outside. And it dumped yeah. a bunch of it in the cavity. Yeah, tried to put some in the cavity. They went on the grill. It was 300 degrees. I cooked them on the Memphis wood fire grill. It took, what, an hour and a half mm-hmm. tops? It wasn't long. We took them to 170 in the yeah. press. So yeah, because we wanted to pull them. Yeah. Let them rest. And then shredded them up. And if you've never done pulled chicken sandwiches, you've got to. Yes. Because the, the, their people, I mean, I I love them. I think it's as good. Sometimes, I mean, if you do it right, you can fool people and think of this pulled pork. <laughs> yeah. You can. People don't know what it is. It's like, oh, what is, what this? is this? You know, it's not, a, it's not, this ain't chicken. I was well, like, well, it's all mixed in. You got the dark meat mixed in with the white meat. It looks really good. Mix in a little bit of the crust, the seasoning with it. And then you can also, did you doctor it up any or did you not, you didn't have to? I mean, when I was pulling it, the juices that I reserved the juice. Yeah. That and then kind of drizzled that back over. And pulled that out because, because after I pulled it, I vacuum sealed it. We got a new uh, vacuum sealer too. You remember what's the thing called? A Wesson? Wesson. Wesson. Man, it's bad to the bone. It is. It, hold, it takes it the 15 inch bags and instead of having to work a bag inside and let it suck it up in there, it's just got to lift up and you put it in the little chamber and close it down and you just. Man, it's bad to the bone. It's a machine. Yeah, you know who put me on that? Heath. And then uh, David Qualls put him on it. That's where he said, man, you got to get one of these. It wasn't too expensive. I mean, you can spend thousands of dollars. Yeah, it's not like, you know. I'm saying you can spend thousands of dollars on high-end vacuum sealers. If you vacuum seal a lot of stuff, and and I don't know why you wouldn't, that's the one you want to (laughs) have. Because you can buy those 15-inch rolls, and so you're talking put whole turkeys in a vacuum sealing bag, mm-hmm. whole shoulders, multiple slabs of ribs, whole briskets. Easy. Yeah. There's no fighting to get the meat in there. And one thing with like this cooked meat, there's juice in there, you know, and it didn't phase it at all to get a little juice in there. Sometimes you just wipe the, out the tray? I mean, yeah, but it doesn't phase the, the 
sealed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because sometimes with the older vacuum seal bags or our old vacuum sealer, if it got any little juice in there, it would go into the works. You had to take it apart. Oh, you know, I had that old one we had, we had it for years. I had to bypass. Like, I I would like, it quit working because it was, you know, the tray was clean or whatever, but I guess it had sucked up so much. So I was like, you know, looking on YouTube, everybody goes to fix something. It's like, yeah, just take the bottom panel off and you can pull out this one wire and splice this other one. I said, I think I can do that. I I rigged it up. Yeah, that's why it didn't have it. I took out, I bypassed that liquid sensor in it. Oh, okay. And so that's why, and it worked forever. But man, it got to the point to where it just wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't suck at all. So. With, yeah, it would lost its sucker. <laughs> but we did the white, <laughs> we did the chicken, pulled chicken, and then we did pulled pork. So we set the pulled pork on um, the night before. Let it roll all night. Let it roll yeah. all night. I Got kept up it at like two twenty-five. Cooked like twelve hours. Yeah. No wrap though. Yeah. No, we got up and wrapped them though, didn't I? Didn't we did I? because they were behind. <laughs> yeah. What time was that? It was uh, six a.m. Six a.m. And yeah. you were leaving at ten or yeah. nine. They got there though. Yeah, they finally did. And really, there was one. Would you that pull I them pulled, out? Because um, I was gone on the ball fields. I let it go to two hundred. Yeah, yeah, but there was one. There was uh, one that was perfect. There was one or two that. I don't know if it could have gone a little longer or if it was just not that great of quality meat, you know, yeah. like a, too much freestyle, freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a little dry and a little tough, you know. Mix it all in and never know. Oh, how. yeah. Mix it all in. It was it was perfect. And I'm so picky. You know, I have pretty high standards. You look anyway. for contest meat to, yeah. to take to a, a catered event. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but we pulled it, vacuum sealed it, put it in a cooler, took it. Um, and the reason I wanted to do Did the you mix chicken. mix with it? Yeah. What'd you doctor I doctored, I doctored the pulled pork. With what? A little vinegar, a little um, the barbecue Seasons. sauce. Oh, sauce. Okay, I you put sauced a little, it up. I put a little sauce on it. You don't want to do it enough that it looks sauced. You just want to give it a little flavor. Yeah, yeah. So I put a touch of AP, touch of the barbecue rub, and a little the barbecue sauce, and a little the vinegar sauce. Just I, enough to... I know it was good. Yeah. And then I vacuum sealed it, threw it in. The thing that got the most attention... I would have to say, and everybody liked the barbecue. Everybody liked the pulled chicken. Love the banana pudding, by the way. <laughs> but the you made a white barbecue sauce to go with the chicken. That's right. You got to have it. <laughs> and when I first set it out there, nobody was touching it. And so I realized nobody knew what it was. So I started yeah. saying, um, this is a white barbecue sauce. It goes with the chicken. It's called an Alabama, you know, it's famous in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Y'all should try it. And by the, and then somebody was like, oh, that's good. So somebody else would go back and get some white sauce and, by the end of it, everybody wanted that white sauce recipe. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> it was gone. That white sauce is awesome. Yeah, I mean, pulled chicken sandwich, some coleslaw, some white sauce over the chicken. I mean, don't that's that's fine. Eating. Yeah, and um, I guess it's just different, you know. Folks probably don't realize it. <laughs> it's a quarter mayonnaise in it. <laughs> oh no! Somebody was like, "What's in it?" And I said, "Well, it's a mayonnaise-based sauce." And they were like, "Oh, I don't like mayonnaise, but I really like that sauce." Really. Praise my theory. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody are, loves mayonnaise. They, they just, just don't, don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Or they're too afraid that to admit it. That sauce is so easy, though. What is it? It's mayonnaise, cider vinegar, lemon juice, a little horseradish, uh, black pepper, salt, and uh, a little bit of sugar. Yeah. And the recipe's on the website. Yeah, that's it. That's all that's in it. And you've taken that sauce. It's easy. And altered it a little bit, and we've used it for a pizza sauce. Oh, yeah. 
I pulled out the horseradish, and uh, what else did I do? I think I added a little something other seasoning to it there's, to make it the pizza sauce recipe. I might have added a little bit different herb. You could go a lot of ways with it. There's also one recipe that you have where it's a pulled chicken. We make a pulled chicken sandwich, but you use kind of that sauce with blue cheese and yeah. make a blue cheese dressing. Right, right. That's really good with the For slaw. The slaw. Yep, uh, it's yep. a blue cheese coleslaw. I took that. Yep, that's right. Because, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of just a – a mayo vinaigrette. I mean, the, the mayonnaise has the, the oil in it. The vinegar is, you know, bringing that other balance. So if you think of a creamy vinaigrette with kind of a barbecue flavors, I guess. I mean, you really don't say it's barbecue when you taste it. I mean, it doesn't scream barbecue. That's just what we use it on. Yeah. But you it could, goes so well. Yeah, you could use it on a lot of stuff. I would put it on my pulled pork. Yeah, you know, it's good. not just for chicken. You could easily turn that into a remoulade, too. Yeah. You know, cut back a little bit on the... I mean, it'd be easy to do. It'd yeah. be really easy. I'd eat that. It'd be good on seafood. It really would. So this week, since we were talking about um, cooking a steak on a pellet grill, I thought we'd talk about pellet grills. Hey, you know, I, I, I guess first time I ever saw a pellet grill had to be Dyersburg, Tennessee. Guy named Bad Bob was How cooking long ago up there. Was this? Well, we were cooking in Kennett, but he was from Dyersburg. Kennett's like right across the river. Man, this was. Did 01? you know me? No, no, this was way before that. This and uh, Traegers had been That's around a long time, ago. but he was a Traeger dealer, and he had this barbecue grill. It was on an axle. It was like a big box, and it had a garage door on it, and it had all these racks, you know. And so he was right beside us, and I just was watching what him the, cook. How big was it? Oh, it's as big as the back end of a trailer. You know, it's wide. Like, say, the size of Black Betty. Okay. But, wow. But on two axles and then up tall. Yeah. So, I don't know how many racks it had. It probably had seven, eight racks in it that are that wide, you know, four or five foot wide. And so, I was watching him. He'd raise the garage door up and he did the whole contest, you know, ribs, uh, shoulders. Was that was an NBN contest. Memphis and May contest back then. Yeah. And, um, and so, finally, I just went over there and talked. I was like, man... Well, you know, what's up with this smoker? What kind is it? And he's like, oh, man, it's a pellet grill. And I'm like, what? And he's like, it runs off. Come here and check it out. And so you go around the back of it, and that's where the controls and the hopper and all that. It runs off these pellets, and, uh, you know, and it controls the heat. You don't do nothing. You set the temperature, and, it's you know, it's got that garage door. You can get to everything. What brand was it? Traeger. It was a Traeger. And I said, man, i got to have one of these. And he said, well, man, I just happened to be the dealer. He says, do you want one? You know, I can sell you one. And I was like, man, what do they cost? And they were like, five grand. I was like, oh, you know, back then, we didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have any money to buy a grill like that. We were still cooking. I think we had, uh, had a, man, what were we cooking on then? The old refrigerator we borrowed from somebody, from Mr. Dave, that had a keg on the back of it. And then we had one of these little upright deals. It was like a Brinkman vertical. <laughs> and that's what we were cooking ribs on. And so I was like, well, man, you want to save some money up, see what we can do or whatever. And years go by, um, I never did get that Traeger. I always wanted one, but I never did get that one. And I, I need to find out the name of that. I, I don't even know if they're still making them. But um, Kevin Tackett was cooking on Traeger, or not Traeger's, uh, Louisiana Grills. And he won Memphis and May. And uh, those are pellet grills? Those are pellet grills. So what they were, he had a big piece of pipe. And they, they, I don't think they were manufactured as pellet grills, but he had them retrofit uh, Louisiana Controllers on his pipes. Okay. And so his okay. grills are pellet grills. And he's the only, he's the I mean, the first guy I knew that was cooking on them all the time. And now you got like, you know, da- uh, David Busca cooks on the FECs and there's a lot of comp guys that were cooking on them, but this was when Daniel, we were cooking. Only yeah, yeah. 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 This is when we were cooking 
Memphis and May before they even changed it over to MBNs, the Kevin was using pellet grills. Yeah. And so that was kind of my first experience with them. First one I ever owned was a Yoder. And uh, I'd met Tom and Debbie Berkshire. They were judges and do, they were doing, they were doing some dinners, um, for KCB at KCBS contest where like a Friday night deal where the cooks would yeah, come and the judges the- would come. And it was kind of like a co-mingling thing. And they, and, and Tom ended up uh, doing some work for Yoder. He was kind of like a local rep or he ended up selling a bunch of Yoders and he got me in contact with them. And that's how I got the little red uh, 480 that I used to cook on. That you started uh, all your videos. That with. I started all my videos with. That was my first pellet grill, and ever since then, I mean, I've always you know liked them. I think they're great as far as making it easier to get into to smoking meat. I mean, they're real versatile. You can grill on them and just prove that, but you can cook really good barbecue on them too. And for somebody that's not familiar with building a fire, or you know, they they're just getting into it. I think pellet grills are great for it. They're great for somebody that's got a, that's living somewhere where you can't have open fire. I mean, there's definitely a place for them. They produce good barbecue. You know, is it good? It's say, oh, Jolene's going, heck no. I mean, you know, we're, <laughs> we're talking, there's a difference between yeah. burning a fire, adding wood to it for smoke, that real authentic barbecue flavor that you're just not going to get from pellets, but they are still awesome grills. And, and I think, uh, cook- I have a personal fondness for them just because they're so easy. Yeah. I mean, that, just think of you all you if you got power and you got those pellets, you can cook anything you want, yeah. anything you want. You know, wonder why they hadn't come up with like a a solar pack for them to where they're, you think about grills, you leave them outside. They're mostly it's mostly sunny. I mean, you keep them in the shade, but you get, if you put a solar Do they pack, they require a lot of power. Not it, only an initial startup. That's you know that's kind of their thing, initial startup. But I would think there would be a way, and it, you know, some people out there need to think about that. A way for the, making those pellet grills self-sufficient where you don't have to have power to where, I mean, truly it could charge itself up enough in the course of a day to run all night. You don't know what you're going to need to grill in the pocket po- after the apocalypse. That's right. Apocalyptic <laughs> grilling. That's a, that's a new pellet company right there. Apocalyptic <laughs> grilling. It's all solar well, power. Well, I've seen these little solar power stoves and stuff they make yeah. that work. And why can't they use I mean, it? it makes sense. It's outside why anyway. Why can't for a pellet grill? Yeah. yeah. But that was, um, you know, that's kind of my experience with them. I, I think pellet grills, there's definitely a place for them in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of them now. Um, I you know, don't think that they're the best option for a competition. Yeah, maybe, you know, for some categories, maybe. Um, Can I cook as good as does chicken on, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look, Traeger got the top, they were seventh in ribs at Memphis this year cooking, yeah, that's on, true. That's cooking true. on a pellet grill. I mean, cook, they cook he cooks his a- chicken on a pellet grill. The reason why I stopped is because I had ran out of room on the back of our trailer <laughs> for unload, you know, for that we YS480. We used to take the Yoder, yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we had the Yoder on there, and it just, I mean, I still have that Yoder. I still have, I have three Yoders, as a matter of fact, two two identical 480s. One of them's at uh, a Deer Camp. One of them's uh, here in Hernando. The other one, the other one's a 640 here in Hernando, too. And I just, man, I hadn't fired them up in a long time. Mm-hmm. The last time I fired up that red one, we took it out there to Dark Corner. Yeah. And let some, you know, we that cooked was some. Just rest. a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, that's back February. Yeah. I think. So, I mean, it's, cooked a contest. On yeah, that, they're so. great. I mean, I don't like, for, for me, one thing, moving pellet grills around only wears them out. I mean, you know, unless it's the Yoder, which is built like a tank and made. And they have a comp car. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's made to travel. Yeah. 
but most of them are, you know, the screw, the sheet metal screws will work out. They're just, the wheels aren't as beefed up as they need to be. They're just not meant to travel. They're meant to sit on the back porch or on a patio or something. Especially like yeah. that Memphis grill. It yeah. isn't made to, you ain't. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it, you know, the Memphis ones to me, they're more built in grills. Yeah. They really make those with the idea of building them into an outdoor kitchen. Which that's fine. That's it's super it's, high I mean, end grills. Yeah. Super high end. I mean, it's all the fit and finish on it's amazing. It's something you would see Kanye West's house. Or something. He's doing ribs. <laughs> he's going to be cooking on Memphis wood fire grill. <laughs> but uh, that's I mean that's true. There uh, there's a place for them though. They do cook really good food. You can do more than cook barbecue on them. You can grill on them. You can bake on them. You can you know you can do all kinds of stuff on these pellet grills. So I mean I think there's and as far as the market goes. They they'll be there forever. Well, I, I mean, I don't I, see them ever taking the place of charcoal and wood, nah. actual fire. Nah. But I think they'll always be right there. Yeah. So I would say Traeger has the biggest market share too. I mean, I don't know of another. Maybe Camp Chefs running with them, but not with I mean, Traeger. Yeah. As far as I mean, I was, Traeger probably has the sales of, of any of them. I would. As think. far as I the mean, pellet grill market yeah, goes, I, mean, I they're figure everywhere. Weber is bigger. Than they are, but is Weber in the pellet game Not that at I know all? Of. I think Weber's propane and just regular charcoal. standard charcoal grill. Yeah. Um, I'd say I don't Weber's know why the they haven't developed their version of it. It seems like something the they market's would, so flooded. Why are yeah. there so many pellet grills? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why there's so many. I mean, I could name you. There's a lot of regular grills too. I mean, I guess you think true. of it. It's just a good time to be in barbecue. Yeah, but there's a bunch of different manufacturers. Pellet grills so, off the top of my head. For, yeah, I don't, yeah, I can't tell you. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, and I imagine there's a bunch, a bunch that we're and they not all, aware you of. Know, they all have their perks. Um, around the, you know, what I call entry-level, under $1,000 ones, um, there's several in that market. I mean, there's a pellet yeah. grill for every budget. Just what like, about under $500? Is there one under 500 I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I don't know. If, and I, I got this as a note, the best one for your money. The best one for the value that I've cooked on, and I mean, it has to be the, the Gorilla. Yeah. The Silverback. Because, I mean, the comparable, so it compares to the new Pro Series 780 I cooked on size-wise. I think those racks are about the same, and they both have that little smaller upper rack. But um, the Pro 780 is like a grand. And you can get that Gorilla delivered to you for, I want to say, six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. The so thing, it's a couple hundred yeah. bucks cheaper. The thing that Gorilla Do they did, cook the same? Yeah, they're going to cook. I mean, the Traeger, Traeger has Wi-Fi. I don't think that Gorilla has Wi-Fi. Yeah. So you get a few more features, but is Wi-Fi worth an extra 200 bucks? I don't know. Well, what Gorilla did was they cut out all the middlemen. You know, they yeah. don't have dealers. You deal direct with them. They ship it to you from their location. From their warehouse. So they yeah. don't have stores. They don't have dealers. They don't have people, you know. That's where they save in the money. Yeah. Um, they also probably don't have get the word out as much because of that but um so that that's a good tip um the traegers i will say they really focus on these features like the wi-fi yeah and you know well i tell you you do with traeger you do get a community too there's a ton of great information out there on them from what we've dealt with I, i mean you you know i guess you're gonna have customer service things with no matter what the products are. But from my standpoint, dealing with customer service for Traeger has been great. Yeah. And I've seen their R and D department. I know what they do there. So it's been a really good company to, to do some work with. I mean, and you know, they got a bad rap years ago 
as being they might made. run the company into the ground, yeah. but but uh, you know, I guess somebody else took it over and, and re brought it back, rebranded yeah. it, yeah, and, it, and that's how they've got their foothold back, yeah. And I guess they, and they were some I don't know if they were the first grills. ones to bring mass pellet grills to market, I would say, yeah. I don't know, I always heard that Willingham invented them, I don't know, I mean, he's got some battens on the first control units and stuff, but I don't know, uh, I know. What year was it? Traeger said they started seventy two or something like that. That sounds. About they right. told us in the that the thing out there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but so they've been around a while. Yeah, a long while. And then, if you're looking for one that's all American made, Yoder. They did they still yeah. make it? 100% oh yeah, Yoder. Yoder still. And you know, for some people, that's really important. So let me text somebody real quick. <laughs> Who are you texting, Mr. Jamie? Williams. We record a podcast. Oh. So why do pellet grills get a bad rap? Uh, because you got purists out there that say that you're not actually cooking barbecue because you're not starting tending a fire, fire. tending a fire, that you're just pushing a button and you're burning these pellets instead of actually charcoal and wood. But well, it's all wood. It's all, it is wood. Well, wouldn't the same be true for a gas grill? You're, or- oh, you're, you're definitely not. You're definitely not barbecue <laughs> if you're cooking up gas grill. What kind of chump are you? <laughs> no, no, that is not true. I mean, it's all barbecue. I mean, you're, yeah. you know, to me, if you're if you're cooking it in that technique and you're turning out, to me, I mean, you're, are you doing barbecue? Yeah, you're cooking barbecue. Yeah, I would say you're cooking it. I wouldn't you? I don't care if you're rubbing two sticks together and <laughs> starting a fire and holding taking a rat on a you know on an island somewhere. You done trapped. You still barbecuing? So I mean, who, I mean, I'm, I don't get caught up in that arguing with people over yeah. whether that's real barbecue or not. If, it's, hey, it's up to you. If you don't think it's real barbecue, go get you what you do. Think yeah, go get is. you what you think. Yeah. yeah, man, you want you know that's that's fine. That's fine with me. And I'm not going to hold you back, Bubba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to let you do it. You go. Let me try some. Right? Yeah, let me try. <laughs> let me. But I've had some awesome barbecue off of, off a of pellet grill. Yeah. I really have. Some good stuff. Chicken's really great on pellet grills. It is. I, mean, I don't. I can't think of anything that I was like, man, I wish I hadn't cooked that on a pellet grill. Yeah. I mean, have you? You ever had anything I cooked that said, man, that would have been better if I had cooked it on something else? I don't uh, think so. Have you? I've never thought that'd be better if I cooked it on something else, but I have had stuff off bread pudding. I could have cooked it in an oven or something. No, no, no. (laughs) But I have had something like off a drum or off Jolene or something that I was just like, I'm going to tell you right now, hands down, the drum probably produces the best flavor out of any grill I have flavor wise because of the way the meat drips on those coals. You have limited capacity, but that's it. Limited capacity, and I mean, it does take some learning. It does take some learning because if you choke it down too much, it gets too sooty. If you don't, if you run it too fast, you're cooking super hot and fast. So, is it? it, I'd say it's a little more challenging cooking on drum. But man, when you get it dialed in and you learn how to do it, and it it produces some of the best main barbecue. I would say, as far as when I say main barbecue, ribs, pork butts, brisket, chicken, those four on a drum. And they're hard to beat. They are. They are really hard to beat. Yeah, so but. I'd say drum does cook better than pellet <laughs> Oh, for, on certain things. Yeah. You're not flavor. fixing bake on it. You're not fixing. I don't know. You could probably grill on it. Is that her getting get fire hot? But. but I will say, if I've got something that I'm fixing to put on the grill, I'm not going to fire up the drum. Yeah. Well, you're going to go out there and turn the pellet grill on, get it ready to cook, and go to cooking, right? Yep. Yep. That's, every time. Every time. 
Okay, so that's um, pellets. Me. Yes. So, what kind of pellets do I like to yes, burn? Yes, what kind of pellets do you like to burn in your pellet smoker? I have always been a huge fan of Barbecue's Delight Pellets, Miss Candy Weaver's company. And when we first met her... Is it because of candy or because of the pellets? <laughs> both. I think she's a great person. Yeah. You know, she was former president of the KCBS. She's a competitor. She gets out there and cooks. She's and an organizer. She's an organizer. She's a... Uh, Judge, yeah. you name it. She's wore just about all the hats yep. in, bar- in, in the comp. And she's ran a barbecue business. Yeah. <clears throat> and she, she always, supports barbecuers. Yes. And I mean, her products are really good. And so I've always, and her pellets work. And she's got some awesome flavors. A lot of times you're using her pellets and you don't even know it. You don't even it. know it because they've done been rebranded by yeah. somebody. She sells so, yep. pellets to other companies and lets them That's brand right. it. They're out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and you can find her pellets everywhere. But they are really good. I mean, they're they're the I've now don't say you know some people say oh you got to find the right kind of pellets for your pellet grill. I've burned her pellets in every and, well I burn them in Traegers and Yoders and Memphis grills and in uh, Grilla grills, and I've never had a problem with pellets. I've never so, you know all these people you- say they have problems with burning pellets and causing backups and getting their augers stuck up or not producing good BTUs. I've never seen that. With uh, barbecue's delight pellets, not one time. I mean, all the sacks, I probably burned. I, I don't. The only other ones I burned are probably hers. I mean, when I got the Memphis Grill, it came with a couple bags of pellets. I burned those; they were fine. Traeger Grills, they've sent me some of their pellets. They're okay. I hadn't had any problems with them. But the barbecue's delights, I've used pallets of them. Yeah, all different flavors across the. You know what? I've, I've you know when I used to get them from Candy, I would get. Um, of course, I'd get. Hickory, and I get oak, and I get cherry, but I get apple, and I get pecan. You actually I get went sugar toward, maple. Yeah. We went over there and toured the plant, the whole facility. I've even burned some of the Jack Daniel ones. She's gave me some special wine pellets before that she's been tinkering with. I mean, I've tried all different kinds of pellets from her, and they're all been good. Yeah, across and you know, she used to give us samples. Uh, she she whenever you see her, like if she's at the Jack or somewhere like that, she'll be set up. She'll pass out these little sample bags. And so she would, you know, I would get some. She'd say, here, try these, try these, or give these to some of your friends or some of that. And so that she's got some really good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. Every year they send out like a barbecue Hall of Fame nominee thing. And you I put her on it every year? Yeah, heck yeah. She definitely deserves to be well, on there. Because Shout she out fits to the Hall of Fame. Um, Stubbafield. I had a talk with Greg Grimpy this week. I was on his podcast. Who, who's the his name's Stubbs, Stubbafield. I don't remember his first name, but he made it to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. And uh, um, Dreamland Barbecue. Yeah. I don't oh, who know who got name. in? Which one got in? Dreamland get in? I don't know. I'm I'm terrible at this Hall of Fame thing. If you put candy in there, I'll be a fan. How about that? <laughs> You're not uh, terrible at it. It's just. <laughs> I'll probably never be in it. But <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to be? No. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a great Where way. Where is it? Kansas City? It's a great way to. Uh, I think it is in Kansas City because they do it at the Royal every year. Like they I'm protesting until they move it to Memphis. <laughs> so let's start up a Memphis Hall of Fame barbecue. I, so how about okay. this? We start a petition so to, was, get to start up our own version of the Rock and Roll and Barbecue Hall of Fame in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, call it. Because it is the true capital of rock and roll and barbecue. We so, got Jerry Lawler going in as the barbecue man. <laughs> and we got Elvis Presley as the king of rock. All right. 
He's the king of wrestling, and we're going to do the Wrestling Hall of Fame too. It's going to be a three-way. <laughs> this gets even better. It does. Yeah, they'll have week. They'll have weekly fireworks shows. Jerry Lawler runs a fireworks company too, doesn't he? And they'll be a, like a themed restaurant in the middle of it. <laughs> He's got Jerry Lawler barbecue awesome. already. Yeah. I saw a commercial the other day. He's franchising them out. So. Um, we need to get him on the podcast. You like know, the king coming yeah. in and talking barbecue with us? I bet he would. If anybody John. knows Jerry? You got to tell him. We <laughs> Send him our out. way. Yeah, I want to talk so, softball with him. John, you know he used to have a softball team. No, Lawler's Army. I grew up as a kid. They played. They practiced in our neighborhood every week, and we'd ride our bikes down there and watch the king and his softball friends warm up. I stuff. mean, was, were they serious? Or they were they were just hanging out? No, no. Hey, yeah, they were serious. It was competitive softball, like grown people softball. <laughs> yeah, I've played on one of those yeah. leagues before. We were not very – Y'all were We serious. did not take it serious. <laughs> um, so it's John, Big Daddy Bishop, Wayne Monk, and uh, C.B. Stubblefield. So which one got in? Those are the three inductees. Oh, they got all three of them got in. They wouldn't just in, pick one. They bring in one from like industry, gotcha. competition, or they, they've said that yeah. in the past. Um, I'm not sure who Wayne Monk is. I'm sure, you know, he's – it's. I think it's a great way to give some respect and homage to the people that have, you know, helped build the industry. Yeah. It is. It is. I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh-oh. Excuse me. I was trying to punch up something. Jim Kessenberry. He was one of the nominees, and his son actually sent me a message because he sent. He come by Memphis and May where we were judging and took some pictures, but he says he was listening to the. Uh, the, watching the videos, listening to the podcast, but his dad was Big Jim Kesselberry. You know, they have the sauce over in Arkansas. Yes, yes. And so he's running yes. that company. I, I think his dad's no longer. Uh, yeah, I think he's he passed, passed away, away a yeah, while back. Yeah. But, his, but his son Michael's running it now, and he was, I guess, on behalf of his dad, which I didn't. I didn't. I, I never him met him, but I know who it nominee. is. I knew the face. Yeah, he was a nominee. Well, yeah. his face is on all the bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Jim. <laughs> So I've actually cool. never tried that sauce. I've I seen either. it. Yeah. We need to buy some. We do. Um, so real quick, to wrap it up, Father's Day gift ideas. I told you to write down some Father's oh, Day yeah, gift yeah. ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me, get back on the, let me get back on my list. Y'all bear with me. Got to let this thing look at me. All right. Come on. <laughs> Face ID. All right. Well, I know number one on mine is always going to be a thermopan. You knew that. And then number two is going to be a blue dot. If you know, but I want the dot, the blue dot. That's the uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi one. Yeah, it goes to the app. Well, the thing is, um, if you know anybody that enjoys cooking and does not own a thermopan, it is the best gift you could possibly. Even if they get. have a thermopan, give them a backup thermopan. Yeah, because there's <laughs> nothing better than having a backup thermopan yeah. or a backup dot or probes for them. Yeah, those, I mean, get you some Thermoworks products. All their stuff. If you don't have a, if you, if they grill steaks, get them with the surface guns. Yeah, the RR surface uh, temperature gun. That makes a great gift. Not a lot of people have those. I mean, we, we lo- y'all love gadgets. I would love them. You got to. Um, <laughs> Thermopops. I also them. have some knives on here. Okay. So knives are a great gift too. If it's just going to be one knife, and you got to get them one knife, and you want to get them a really special knife, get them that brisket knife that Shun makes. I think you can get it at Macy's. Maybe where, where can you order that from? Oh, William Sonoma. Amazon. Has William it. Sonoma. I think Macy's or Dill- yeah. no, I'd say I think Macy's. But it's a Shun brisket knife. And they'll, they'll love you forever for getting them that. Mm-hmm. And then um, if you had to get them a nice set, the I really like the Dow Strong set that I have. They sent it to me to use out and to, to kind of see what I thought Those about are some it. Awesome knives. They I like the Mac. They have a I think it's the Shogun series. 
it's got this really cool magnetic uh, stand and it sits right on your counter and the knives just stick to it because they're magnetized. You know, the the blocks magnetized. They don't go down in it. They're just kind of hanging there. And I think that's better really for cool. the knife so it's not oh, yeah. sitting in there possibly that's, rusting. I, I think so yeah. too. And uh, I have one more thing. I got to dig them full. One thing, um, a knife roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a knife a roll. Because you got roll. me one of those for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It's a leather knife roll. It's like a real chef's knife roll to put my knives in yeah. if I'm traveling. Um, and you can always get them some A9 beef. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> it is. And you can get call Kevin or Jordan meat. up down at the butcher shop. Uh, of course, you can get it from Snake River Farms. But uh, that A9 is some really fantastic stuff. If you don't want to spend the money and get the brisket, just get some steaks. Or some burgers or something like that, but something they can throw on the grill and they can enjoy. And that's, that's pretty, that's some quick ones. Cause you got to shop this weekend, right? Does everybody yeah. wait till Saturday to shop for Father's Day? I don't know. I hadn't even thought about Father's Day. I'm going to cook my dad some catfish. What do you want? Oh, some for Blanton's Father's? bourbon. That's the last thing. Blanton's bourbon. <clears throat> I could use some of that. I, if you I can find it. that. <laughs> That's it. Is that the one that they're having a problem keeping in stock? The blend? They don't have it around here very many yeah. places. You, may, you probably go to Memphis and get it. It's got the little derby horse on top. Mm-hmm. It's really good bourbon. Yeah. I'll settle for some Wellers, some Makers, some Woodford. Woodford's my favorite. Um, that Jefferson's some Oceans, Oceans <laughs> we haven't had in a while. Yeah. I'll settle for that. Those are all really good. So bourbon, thermopins, Bourbon, not nice. beef. And beef. And beef. Is that not the ultimate? <laughs> if you really love your dad, you'll get him all that. <laughs> that There's would no be telling. a very expensive. Every $1,000 $1, Father's <laughs> yes. Day. Oh, that would be awesome. Just put it in one big box. You don't have to wrap it up. Just put duct tape over the top. To dad, love you. <laughs> and then leave him alone. Somebody's blowing me up. I don't know who it is. It's the number. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Is that it? Yeah, we, we got to get on the road. Yeah. We're on our way All to right. Texas. All right, we've got the car loaded up. We're fixing to get out. <laughs> We're going to get this podcast uploaded so everybody can listen to it this week. Uh, we'll check in with y'all next time and tell you all about our meat church class. And I don't know if we're going to have video next week, are we? Because it uh, depends on if we can. We're uh, the the hope is that we can find some time to do oh, one with yeah. Matt. I want. Yeah, I want. I want to do a guest one with Matt. Too. So that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, I'm taking all the equipment off location. Yeah, uh, video. Yeah, we've done one. Yeah, we've yeah. done one. Memphis and May. We just did one. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate y'all checking out the podcast this week, and we'll see y'all next time. Well, hold oh, on. Oh, you gave me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where can they find us, <laughs> Michelle? <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell at Instagram and Twitter. That's right. And now, we'll see y'all next time. <laughs> <laughs>